Welcome to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in their lives. And it's a place where your questions about faith and religion can be answered. And now, here's your host, Deacon Al. Thank you, John, and welcome back to Good News. I'm Deacon Al, a permanent deacon of the Peoria Diocese, having just celebrated my fifth year of ordination with with the diocese. It's hard to believe uh, it's been five years. In some ways, it's gone uh, very quickly, and in some ways, it's gone very slowly. But it's been it's been a great five years. I love my five years of formation. I love the friendships that I made, the the, the things that I learned, and and the way that uh, that my formation changed me. But I also uh, I have loved my ministries. As as a deacon, uh, having talked to my many of my brother deacons uh, as frequent, frequently as I can, um, I'm happy to say they too are uh, really enjoying their their time as a, as a deacon. Um, I hope I can do this for many years to come, God willing, uh, and have my hands my fingers into all kinds of things at, at church, and that's a, that's a lot of fun. I think the the things I, I enjoy the most are uh, weddings and baptisms. Not only just the the sacrament itself, but the time I get to spend preparing people for the sacraments, explaining what the sacraments mean, the, the history of the sacrament, the importance, the effects of the sacrament in their lives, uh, being able to share that with others uh, is is a real thrill. I talked to a number of couples. I've gotten to, gotten to speak with. Gosh, I'll bet in I'll bet in five years I've prepared. 60 or more families for, for baptism. And I've worked with two to three dozen couples on, on marriage. And that every now and then you see the little light go on. Oh yeah, that makes sense. I hadn't thought about that before, especially baptism, because most of us don't remember our own baptisms. I mean, in our faith, for the most part, most of us were infants when we got baptized. And so we we live out our our baptism vicariously by watching our nieces and nephews or brothers and sisters get baptized or our own children now. Um, so to go back and and really study baptism again, there's all kinds of uh, aha moments that happen in people's lives. Most people and and I don't blame them. I thought this for for many years of my life. Their first thoughts of baptism in the scripture is John the Baptist when Jesus got baptized. They think of that as the first baptism. But what we begin to talk about is now let's let's go deeper. Let's go further back. So what is baptism? Uh, it's this newness of life, this uh, death of an old life, and and the realization of a new life in Christ. Well, you can go back to uh, Exodus, to uh, the the Jews escaping from Egypt, and what happens? They're leaving this old life of slavery passing through water, through the Red Sea, to a new life heading towards the Promised Land. That's, that's a type, of a, a, a preview of, of baptism. Moses, uh, being uh, the Egyptians are killing off all the Jewish children, so Moses' mother uh, takes Moses, a Jewish baby, puts him in an ark, sets him in the Nile, water, and he's drawn back out to a new life in the Pharaoh's, in the Pharaoh's family. So again, we see this death and then this rebirth through water. Another, another, uh, 
type of baptism. So we can see all kinds, as you, as you think about that now, you start to look at the great flood, Noah's Ark, death, new life through water. So the, the act of baptism was part of God's plan from the very, very beginning. And you think, well, how far back does it go? You can take this all the way back to creation. And how does God bring, bring life to the world? The Holy Spirit passing over the seas, right? So God passing through the waters brings new life. So you, people, go, you can just see their eyes widening. Oh, now it makes sense. So we can do that with, with all of the sacraments and explain them and have them really start to make sense to people. So that's been, for me, as, as just as an individual, as, as a minister, uh, that the sacramental preparation and, and helping people to find that aha moment in their faith has been one of the, one of the great blessings of, of my life as a deacon. So I, I certainly hope that continues. Um, we have coming up this weekend the uh, Feast of the Solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity. Uh, and, and coming from Holy Trinity Church, this is a special, uh, a special feast for, the, for that parish as well. It's also the great mystery of the faith, and it's the central mystery of, of our faith. Uh, the, re- the relationship between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, something that uh, it can only be fully understood in the next life, and that's what makes it a mystery. It's not that we don't know about it or don't understand it. It's not that kind of a mystery. It's a mystery because it hasn't been fully revealed to us, and the reason it hasn't been fully revealed is we just can't conceptualize uh, the, the Trinity. One, per- one God, but three persons. It's, it's the old, what they called Catholic Mass, one plus one plus one equals one. Uh, but that's, that's how it works. And there's great ways to explain this. Um, and we can, we can talk about that certainly after our, after our readings. But there are so many questions from people about uh, how can that be? Show me something else in this world where you can have three persons, but they're one person. Great question. I, it's a great question. That's certainly a question I asked as, as a young person. Uh, it's one of the many questions I asked that, that got me uh, put out in the hall during catechism. I, I, my, my mother swears I spent more time learning about my faith from the hallway than from the classroom. I kept coming up with all kinds of questions for the nuns, and they just weren't in the mood. These were nice women, and their hearts were in the right place. But they, they, were, they had their own mission, and their mission was get this second grader to, commu- to First Communion. Right or or get this get this sixth grader to confirmation. They they had their timeline, they had their deadlines, and they had their goals they had to achieve. What they didn't need was some young upstart in the class saying, "Yeah, but what about this?" and throwing some deep theological question into the mix that they knew I wouldn't be able to understand at that age. But I still had the question, and I didn't have the good sense to not ask it, and so it often got me uh, put out in the hallway just so that I wouldn't interrupt the flow of things. Uh, but asking about the Holy Trinity, I think, I think it's a great question. How can this happen? Show me an example of something in this world that matches this. Well, if God was of this world, I could probably show you that. But he's not. Uh, God is supernatural, so you're not going to find something natural that can ultimately define the supernatural. But here's the closest I can come. And there's been great attempts. I've had people point to water. Well, water can be, an, can be ice. 
or it can be flowing liquid, or it can be steam. But it's still just all water. Three distinct states, but just one water. And that's that's not bad. That's not a bad uh, allegory. It, it comes close. But here's where it falls apart. Water can't be ice, water, and steam all at the same time. But in the Trinity, at the same moment in time, you can have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and they're all God at the same time, and water can't do that. You can take uh, uh, one one example I've heard of is um, notes. You can take three notes and make one chord. And the three notes together are still, they're no longer each one note, they're still one chord. That's true. But you can't take the note alone and it, and it can't be a chord. It requires the presence of the other two. So Christ is God. And he doesn't need anything else to be God other than to be Christ. So the three persons of the Holy Spirit are fully God in themselves as well as in unity. Three leaves of the clover, the same thing. Sure, three leaves make up the clover, but each leaf is not the, each leaflet is not the, the clover itself, where in the Trinity there, there is. So here's the closest I can come. And, and for me, this works, and maybe this will work for you. And that's matrimony. Matrimony where two become one. And God tells us that that's what, ha- what happens, that they, the two give up their individuality and become one, not just, in, in, not just physically, but also spiritually, mentally, emotionally. They be, they, the whole point of matrimony is for the union of two to become one. And in that union, through the love of that union, through that oneness, a third person comes into existence, uh, a child. Well, if you think about uh, the Father and the Son, Christ being the Word of God, with God from the very beginning, of the same God, of the same stuff, that the Father and, and the, the that God and the Word are one. It, the opening of John tells us that <clears throat> that in the beginning there was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. So it was two entities together. And then in the creation of the world, their spirit. So where does that spirit come from? Well, that comes from the unity of the Father and the Son, from the love shared by these two beings is so great that a third is created from the same stuff. So you have this trinity. You have the, 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 the love, the, the lover, the beloved, and the love itself that they share. And that's the trinity. So in, in the sacrament of matrimony, I, I see that same three persons, but one, one united body in love. So that's how, that's how we see the, the, Holy, uh, the Holy Trinity, and that's what we celebrate this weekend. So we'll look at our readings from the Mass and talk a little bit about them when, they, when we come back after these few messages. Thank you for listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio. Stay tuned. Good News will be right back on Catholic Spirit Radio. God is so loving. He is bountiful with His love for us, and in His bounty, He has given us Catholic Spirit Radio, and especially our own local Catholic Spirit Radio. But even though He has given us the opportunity with this radio station, He still needs our cooperation. And that cooperation means sharing our financial resources to support Catholic Spirit Radio. 
to encourage you to support Catholic Spirit Radio with your financial resources, I am making a $5,000 challenge match for Matching Mondays. Every dollar you donate on a Monday in the month of June, I will match up to $5,000. This means your donation is doubled. Use the Matching Monday button on the Catholic Spirit website or mail your donation to 108 Boykins Place in Normal. Matching Mondays in June. Together, let's keep Catholic Spirit Radio alive and sharing God's message of love. St. Faustina's Prayer for Priests O my Jesus, I beg Thee on behalf of the whole Church, grant it love and the light of Thy Spirit, and give power to the words of priests, so that hardened hearts might be brought to repentance and return to Thee, O Lord. Lord, give us holy priests. Thou Thyself maintain them in holiness. O Divine and Great High Priest, May the power of thy mercy accompany them everywhere and protect them from the devil's traps and snares which are continually being set for the souls of priests. May the power of thy mercy, O Lord, shatter and bring to naught all that might tarnish the sanctity of priests. For thou canst do all things. Amen. Virgin Most Powerful, pray for us. Welcome back to Good News. I'm Dee Canal. We're talking about uh, the solemnity of the Holy Spirit, which is, oh, I'm sorry, the Holy Trinity, which we celebrate this weekend. So our readings come from uh, the book of Proverbs, from Paul's letter to the Roman Romans, and then again, the Gospel of John, which we've been spending quite a bit of time on. Oh, I want to mention, we have, we have a 21-week a, a course on John going on in our parish right now that's being put on by uh, a couple from from our parish, a lay couple. They're doing a great job with it. Um, John is a wonderful gospel. It Not only does it clarify the divinity of Christ, but John gives great instructions for just day-to-day living. So if you're having some difficulties in your life, and most of us have some sort of difficulty, and, and you're looking for some consolation, some comfort, some direction— uh, I would recommend sit down and and read through uh, the gospel according to John. It will take you not as long as you might think. There's, I believe, 21 chapters, and each chapter of John takes about five minutes to read. So that's not that long. I mean, a couple of hours, hour and a half to two hours, you can read through. And then as you go, make some notes. Write in your Bible. I, I do that with mine. I make notes right in the in the. Uh, in the side, uh, what do I want to say? Why can't I think of the word, John? Help me out. I write I write in the open spaces. <laughs> and I usually have a highlighter with me, and I highlight different parts of Scripture and go back. Uh, but make notes right in the Bible, right on the page where you read it. If you have a question about it or something you want to come back to, uh, just write right in there so that next time you go and you look at that reading, you can remember, oh, yeah, I wanted to learn more about this, or where's the answer to that? And plus, there's some great study Bibles out there. But... Uh, yeah, you'll find great, great knowledge for everyday life uh, in the Gospel of John. So I, I invite you to go back and read through that. It doesn't take as long as you might think. So the fir- our first reading is from Proverbs, uh, from the Old Testament, and it says, Thus says the wisdom of God, The Lord possessed me, the beginning of his ways, the forerunner of his prodigies of long ago. From of old I poured forth at the first before the earth, When there was no depths, I was brought forth. 
when there were no fountains or springs or waters, before mountains were settled into place, before hills, I was brought forth. Well, as yet the earth and fields were not made, nor the first clods of the earth. When the Lord established the heavens, I was there. When he marked out the vault over the face of the depth, when he made the firm, when he made the firm the skies above, when he fixed fast the foundations of the earth, when he set, when he set forth the sea, its limits, so that the waters should not transgress his command. Then was I beside him as his craftsman, as his craftsman, and I was his delight day by day, playing, playing before him all the while, playing on the surface of the earth, and I found delight in the human race. The word of the Lord. So what we're hearing here is really the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking through the prophet saying what it was like to be there from the very beginning, to be part of God's creation, to be part of God. And so we're hearing this being being shared. You know, we, we say in the creed that, that of, of the Holy Spirit that it was his voice that the prophet spoke with. And so we're hearing the prophet in, in Proverbs talk about what it was like to be with God and in God and of God from the very beginning of creation. Our next reading comes from uh, Paul to the Romans, brothers and sisters. Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, with whom we have gained access by faith to this grace in which we stand. And we boast in hope of the glory of God. Not only that we even boast of our own afflictions, knowing that affliction produces endurance and endurance proven character and proven character hope and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us, the word of the Lord. So again, Paul is speaking about the presence of God in us through the Holy Spirit. So again, we're, we're seeing the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all part of the one God, all interacting with us uh, at the same time. Our gospel reading is, is also is from John. Jesus said to his disciples, I have much more to tell you, but you cannot bear it now. But when he comes, the spirit of truth, he will guide you to all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will speak what he hears and will declare to you the things that are coming. He will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything that the Father has is mine. For this reason, I told you that he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. So Jesus tells us through John of the Trinity that everything Christ has is from God and everything the Holy Spirit has is from Christ. So the three are are eternally and internally connected. <clears throat> Each is one. We see this in Scripture all the time. Think about uh, the baptism of, of Jesus and, and what happens after uh He's baptized by John, by John the Baptist. The skies open. A dove descends. It says the Holy Spirit descends like a dove. So if you want to picture that in dove form, you can. I picture of it more as this transparent, translucent blob, if you would, uh, coming down like a dove, descending slowly and, and purposefully. And, and, and then descending in onto Christ and into Christ as the Holy Spirit, as God speaks, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. 
So we have present at the same time, Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit. So we see other examples of that through New Testament scriptures. When Jesus tells us, uh, tells his apostles to go out and baptize, it's baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The name of, not the names of, but singular name, baptized in the name, saying that all three share one name. So that's why we celebrate the, the Holy Spirit. We don't fully, we can't fully understand it, but we can't fully discount it either. And it's not just our belief. But again, in, in going back to what we talked about last week, the authority of the Catholic Church, let's look at, at the other Christian churches. Nearly every Christian church, there's only a few, very few exceptions. All the other Christian churches, like the Catholic Church, are Trinitarian. Where did they get that Trinitarian belief from? Well, they got it from the Catholic Church. Because does the word Trinity appear anywhere in Scripture? No. But we've believed it for from the very beginning. Uh, it was taught by the apostles because it was taught by Christ. And so even, even as the Protestant churches separated themselves from Catholicism, they may have done away with some of the, the Catholic beliefs, but trin- the, the Trinity has been, has been held and, and believed in and, and kept faithful through nearly every Christian church uh, in the world. Uh, there's only been a few, and those few really are very recent. The, the truth of the Trinity was never really questioned until the 19th century. Up until then, it was just an accepted fact that God exists in three persons, Father, Son, and, and Holy Spirit. Uh, the, it was believed by the apostles. It was taught by the apostles. It was a central belief of, of, the Christian, of Christianity for the first 1,500 years. And even after the, the Great Schism, it was still the belief of the Lutheran Church and even a belief of the Baptist Church. It wasn't doubted until, the, until well into the 19th century. So this, this doubt of, of the Trinity is a very recent phenomena and has been rejected by almost every Christian faith. So I think this is great news for us to know that, that God reaches out in various methods, not just one. So, you know, you can, you can see God's love exampled by Christ in Christ's life, but you can experience, experience it internally by the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And then you can understand it from the very begin, beginning of time through the actions and the words of, of God. So this, this, uh, this weekend, we celebrate the solemnity of the Holy Trinity. And it's something worth celebrating and diving deeper into. And there's some great books just about the Holy Trinity uh, that I that I encourage you to look into. Uh, before we go, <clears throat> I'll sh- pardon me. I'll share this with you. I'm having allergy problems. I don't know if you've noticed, but today the uh, uh, the cottonwood seed it's like it's snowing outside, and that just ever since I was a child, uh, these few days of cottonwood seeds just drive me crazy. So if I sound a little hoarse, or if I cringe from time to time with my voice, or if you can see my eyes watering uh, over your radio, uh, that's because of cottonwood seeds. But I've even despite that, I can't stay out of my garden. It's just the weather's been so great. God has really blessed us. And with so much water, and then the warm temperatures, 
I hope your garden is exploding like mine, and I love spending time outside in, in the beauty of God's nature. I wanted to share this with you, though. Um, I have some friends who are moving out of town. I'm going to miss them greatly. They're, they're wonderful parishioners, and they've been instrumental in, in some of our best ministries. And uh, sadly, we're going to be losing them to another town. Uh, so they have a new house. And of course, they sold their house here very quickly. The new house has no flowers. So they turned to their their gardening deacon and they said, can you set us up with some flowers? So they came over to the house and took divisions from my peonies and my irises and my daylilies and some geranium and just Set them with uh, oh my resurrection lilies, which I have hundreds. If anybody needs a re- needs some resurrection lilies in your yard, look it up. They're they're beautiful flowers. They're called resur- resurrection lilies because they come up early in the spring and they come up beautiful, sort of grayish green uh, leaves, very thin and tall. They stand about two feet tall, and right now they're yellow and they're laying flat on the ground. No flowers, just leaves. The leaves come up. They're great for a month or so, and then they wilt and they turn yellow, and I'll rake them out in the next week or so. I'll just rake them out, and the ground will be bare. And in August, we'll come out some morning and look in the yard, and there will be hundreds of flower stems, shoots about nine, ten inches tall. And within three days, they'll be two foot tall or more with a beautiful pink lily on the end. So they come up, they die. And then they flourish. Resurrection lilies, because they come up in the spring. We see them around Easter's when the, the leaves come up. So they're known as resurrection lilies. They have a few other names, um, but I have hundreds of them. If anybody would like some resurrection lilies for their yard, email me, Catholic, uh, good news at catholicspiritradio.com. I would be happy to share some with you because they just, they love my garden and they reproduce like crazy. They come from bulbs and they just they just add more and more bulbs every year, and I just have hundreds of these. But they're gorgeous. But I they're they're getting in the way of my hostas and some of my other plants. But anyway, my friends came over, and I've, I'm sharing all these starts from all these other plants uh, that they're they're taking to their new home. Um, I see, I see evangelism in that. I see ministry in that. That's what we're called to do as as Christians is to take this beautiful garden of of faith that Christ has, has given us uh, stewardship over and to share it with others and to share it in a really meaningful, physical way. So this, is, this to me, is a sign of, of the evangelism of, of the faith that I try and share with others uh, through my homilies, through the, the classes I teach, through the radio program. Uh, this is how I see other people Sharing their faith is like when you share, when a gardener shares their garden. They take uh, pieces of, of their lives and they, they offer it to others to, to help spread that to other parts of the, of the world and the country and community uh, and neighborhood. And I love doing it. So uh, I, I just, I, I pray for my friends as they move that they have a happy new home, that they find enrichment in their uh, personal enrichment in their new uh, parish. Uh, they they have a very lucky parish. They're getting two very, very wonderful people uh, that are filled with Christ's love coming to them. So have a wonderful Solemnity of the Holy Trinity. Uh, we'll see you next week here on Catholic Spirit Radio on Good News. I'm Deacon Al. May Almighty God bless you, protect you from all evil, and bring you to everlasting life. Amen. Amen.
You've been listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in your life. Submit your questions to Deacon Al at goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. That's goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. Deacon will answer your questions about faith and religion. Thank you for listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio.